<sighs> hey, Nick. Yeah, Scott. I know we already talk about Back to the Future Monday through Friday every week, but you ever think that it's not enough and maybe we could talk about Back to the Future on the weekend too? Well, Scott, we already talk about Back to the Future on the weekends in our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Back to the Future Minute, No Roads Edition. Oh, you mean the weekly podcast where we discuss everything Back to the Future related, including the comics, the video games, and even the filmography of Robert Zemeckis. Absolutely, Scott. For as little as $5 a month, you will gain over 20 hours of exclusive Back to the Future Minute content. Why settle for five days a week when you can enjoy Back to the Future Minute every day in your goddamn life? Go to DuelingGenre.com support and become a Patreon member today. Dueling Genre Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one first date minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And joining us for a final time, John Engel, welcome back. Thanks for having me all week long, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So today we're going back to Minute 65, which begins with Clara finishing Doc's sentence and ends with Doc and Clara... Kissing as a star shoots past behind them. It's a pretty, it's a pretty nice period to end the week on. Yeah. 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 Kind of it's a really, darker, really kind clean. of clean. Yeah. Kind of a dark week. And we get this kind of beautiful kind of storybooky. Uh, yeah. Denouement, if you will. Yeah. So do you guys think that doc was intentionally quoting from the earth to the moon? Or or was he just talking about spaceship? Because Christopher Lloyd's performance in this moment, I don't I don't know. He get, he has this look of surprise when Clara finishes, and I can't tell. It's like surprise and confusion, and I can't tell if he's surprised that he knew like that. He's like, wait, what do you know about space travel? Or or if the surprise is like. Did she just quote George like Jules Verne back at uh, me? I was I was definitely more feeling the second one. Okay. Well, this is what I think. I think I think he is inadvertently quoting Jules Verne because we got to remember Doc was what, what year was Doc born? 20s? 20 something? Yeah. yeah uh, I think I think 1910, I believe. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's right in the, that wheelhouse of somebody who had read Jules Verne as a kid, and it probably sparked. I mean, I think we're getting the implication if he doesn't flat out say it that Jules Verne is what got him into science, right? His love of Jules right. Verne. So he's he probably spent his whole childhood, you know, reading that book over and over again and dreaming about something that to him as a child was also a pipe dream, just as much as it is to her, or right. a, a distant future. And that's how he's always thought of it. He's just always thought of it in the terms of of what Jules Verne said about it. And that was always the daydream to have. So I think he just does that. I think he just inadvertently quotes Jules Verne. And then when she repeats it, he's like, wait a minute, what? Oh, yeah. And then it all starts to make sense. And we got to remember, Doc's um, as smart of a man as he is. He's still slow on the social uptake, right? He's mm-hmm. not. He doesn't catch the social cues. He's on the spectrum somewhere pretty, pretty high. And 
So he's probably not quick to pick up social cues anyway. So he's just like talking and then she says what he finishes the sentence. And then he's like, wait, what? How could show up? Oh yeah, that makes sense. And you know, I think that's how it works. Hmm. Yeah, I just I really love this scene because like the way that they're talking about Jules Verne, it just it just reminds me of like every first date that I've had or every good first date that I've ever had um, where you get that moment where you guys are just like talking about the things that you have in common, the th- things you both like yeah, and that it's sort like, of stuff. It's their, it's their high fidelity moment. Yeah. yeah their see, pre-turn of the more... century high fidelity moment. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm much more like straightforward with it. I'll just be like. Do you like Die Hard or no? Do you like <laughs> if you don't, you know, that's it. That's like my first date test. No. Because yeah. high fidelity isn't entirely, I don't think it's entirely right about its take on interpersonal relationships, but it's not entirely I, I wrong. I think it's either. right there when you're a, a young lot. person. Well, I think it's yeah. right for the, for the for the beginning of relationships. I yeah. really don't think what records you listen to actually have a lot to do with uh uh, four years down the line or something. But right. yes, we, that's how you feel each other out. Like if what you're into is music and collecting records, then that's probably what you're going to look for in the other person. Like at least it's it's how you're going to spark conversation and find out what you have in common. So that's exactly what this is. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, it becomes that. I don't know if it was on purpose, but now suddenly they found this book. You know, I mean, how many things can you have in common in 1885 anyway? Like a few books and, you know, mm-hmm. you'll, you both like beats or whatever it might be. Um, beats i don't know <laughs> like i mean back they, then, there were very was, few food choices back then yeah how but many back kids then, have I mean, you like, buried arguably arguably uh dating was not a thing it was just courtship like yeah. it was like oh you're attractive and the other person saying you are also attractive let's court and if i get the warm and fuzzies then we're probably going to get married in a year like, like and that yeah. was it. <laughs> like in the searchers, you know, when uh, when the guy comes a courting to uh, you know the girl, I forget the lead's name in uh, the searchers now, but the guy, the goofy guy, comes a courting with his guitar, mm-hmm. and you know that was it. They haven't seen each other since they were like fifteen years old. But he's like, I'm gonna marry that girl. I'll take my guitar, and that was about yeah. all there was to it. There wasn't any. We're going out or. I mean, I'm right. sure it was chaperoned a lot of the time if they did do something. And yeah, mm-hmm. but I got to say, I'm going to give Doc some credit here. You know, accidentally or not, this is a pretty romantic date. He's actually it's a pretty solid first date. You know, he's taken her. Not only is he taking her to the hoedown, but he also defended her honor already. Mm-hmm. Like uh, pretty bravely defended her honor. And now it's like the most romantic under the stars situation for the first kiss. I think he's, he's pretty good at this. Yeah, nailing it. Yeah, this is but there's a reality. This could be his like first or second ever date. Yeah, it could very well be his first date. Period. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. There, there's probably a good story about a another first date um, that happened. You know, sometime in the 40s. Yeah, like like his dad uh, set him up. Yeah, I'm going to go on this date. Is, he's he was four F, no, so he's father, one of the only guys in Hill Valley <laughs> during the war. He's the he's one of the only guys still in Hill Valley, you know. So <laughs> everyone else is in Japan, father, and I'm a coward. <laughs> uh yeah, I I uh I think it's interesting too. I that exchange of I don't know how I feel about the exchange of lines where Doc says 
I've never met a woman who liked Jules Verne before. And he, she responds, I've never met a man like you before. And I feel like one of those is a much, like a much more complimentary line than the other one. <laughs> he's a yes. little bit of a, he's being a little bit of like a, like a fake geek boy kind of thing right now. Just a little, a little bit. Just well, a, little, a little bit. I think he's just missing the social cues again. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is just like Jules Verne because we're you think about it'll the, make boys like you. <laughs> That's what you oh, do. Oh, no. We're not going to have Vern, like a Vern gate kind of situation here. Uh, Vern um, gate. <laughs> Um, no, see, because also remember their their points of view. He's Jules Verne's old school stuff to him. So his whole life, he's known who Jules Verne is, and uh, he's he was obsessed with Jules Verne in high school, no doubt. He was reading these books and probably got made fun of for it. And and yeah. the girls of the thirties, forties, whatever, were like, don't care about that kind of stuff, you know. So to him, that's a real thing to say. And what's important to him in that moment is. Uh, holy shit, I just met a girl that likes Jules Verne. So that's what he says. Yeah. But she, uh, again, in character, because he really is the only person in the world for him, for her, she realizes it and she states it outright. Like, I've never met a man like you because there isn't a man like him in that right. time. So it makes perfect sense. Okay, so have you guys, either of you guys ever read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? I have not. I've seen, I think, the old Disney Yes. movie yes um but I, uh I but i haven't movie. read it yeah oh it's the, great the old disney there's two things about the old disney movie it's great on its own mm -hmm. um kirk douglas as ned land and james mason and peter laurie all of them so great all of them um mm -hmm. uh, but saturday night live i can't it was a it was like the 80s and a weird dark time of saturday night Live. but um um shoot what's wrong with me i just blanked on his name the guy who got shot by his wife. What's wrong with Phil me? Hartman? Thank you. Oh my god, I'm gonna sound yeah. like such an idiot. It's so uh, funny. Before you said, I have no idea what you're about to say. But before you said the guy that got shot by his wife, I was like, I was going to say Phil Hartman as my first guess of who you were talking about. Well, they they do they did this skit on Saturday Night Live, and um, I can't remember what year it was or anything, but Phil Hartman played Kirk Douglas as Ned Land, right? So it was supposed to be the Walt Disney version, and um. Kelsey Grammer was in it. He was the host of the show. But not only did Phil Hartman do this top-notch Kirk Douglas impersonation, it's amazing. It's so hilarious. <laughs> but the premise, the entire premise, the only joke of the whole skit was that they misunderstood what a league was. <laughs> That's it. Because, you know, everybody growing up, when I was a kid and I, I read the book, I still thought it meant 20,000 leagues beneath the surface of the sea. Which is a right. major misunderstanding, right? What it means is they were under the sea and they traveled 20,000 leagues. Right. Uh, you know, the distance. <laughs> so the whole thing is Kelsey Grammer just getting more and more angry that everybody keeps using league as a, a, a term of measurement for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going off on this. It's such a weird random thing. But I loved the book. I was assigned to, to read the book in like sixth grade. And I just remember it being amazing and tedious simultaneously certainly mm -hmm. a product of its time there was like 15 consecutive pages where they just described fish because they were looking through some viewport and seeing all these fish and that was it and i guess in 1885 or in 1920 whenever doc read it it would have been a really great book it's a great book it's just a product of its time sure. i just i just kind of wanted to know if you guys had ever read it 
Mm-hmm. Or any Jules Verne. Uh, I yeah. read. Yeah, which one did you say you read, Nick? I read a uh, ten thousand leagues under the sea when I was in fourth grade, and I was so effing oh. proud of myself. <laughs> it, it was a task that I read. It was not like a easy. Big boy book. <laughs> I remember having a, a page assignment for a weekend, and I had to come Monday and tell them what I read. And we had rented the movie Explorers, the Joe Dante movie, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix. And I oh, just yeah. remember having to read these pages and thinking they were just so tedious. And my parents are like, you know, it's getting late. I don't know if we're going to be able to watch this movie. All I can remember about is wanting so badly to see the Explorers. But anyway, um, yeah, that's <laughs> actually the only Jules Verne I've ever sat down and read, I think. I don't remember ever reading any other, but it's probably a, uh, something that's fairly over with, right? Most people... I can't imagine a lot of people read Jules Verne anymore. No, I can't imagine. So, I mean, I, I'll, maybe Back to the Future fans. <laughs> maybe just to, yeah, just to be like Doc. I don't know. Yeah. There's probably like a few hundred Rory Gilmore's out there that still read the classics for no reason. Mm-hmm. A few, but it, boy, it used to be like, like it's known, you know, it's realistic that Doc would have read it because in his time everybody would have read that book it would have been one of the one of the classics for that era and and still this like amazing what speculative an excellent fiction. diversion from our syphilis this book was yeah <laughs> yes, yes oh what a oh what a delight this if was. only to travel 20,000 leagues beneath the sea <laughs> that's very deep you know i bet yeah. they had filtered yeah. water <laughs> um yeah this is the that makes i think this is the third we get we've gotten three references to jules verne books we had journey to the center of the earth at the beginning of the movie oh, yeah. and now we get two in a row with from the earth to the moon and uh Twenty thousand leagues although i always get confused when they when they reference from the earth to the moon because he also has the book a trip to the moon and that's the one that I associate with Jules Verne, and I associate from the Earth to the Moon with HBO and Tom Hanks, not right, not Jules Verne. Mm-hmm. Um, and, do, and do we get? Uh, does he ever talk about H.G. Wells at all, or do they just decide that no. was too on the nose? No, no, they this never. Is, he never talks is, about H.G. Wells. Is not an H.G. Wells house. Yeah, they are a that's, Verne household. You're either a yeah. Letterman house or a Leno house. <laughs> Cannot be both. That's true. <laughs> I, I, if you ever listen to the Dead Authors podcast at all, you'd know that H.G. Wells <laughs> had quite a rivalry with Jules Verne. If you've never listened to that show, you definitely should. Uh. Uh, uh, Paul F. Tompkins as H.G. Wells interviewing dead other dead authors. And he's <laughs> he's constantly talking smack on Jules Verne. You can't stand <laughs> that guy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like um, it seems like, uh, for what I, I wonder if when they were, when, when, when Gail was writing this, I wonder if he had a specific thought process about why it should be Jules Verne over HG Wells, or if it was just that like his novels fit the story, like, like, uh, you know, metaphors in the story or references or whatever more than HG Wells would have. It might've been a matter of timing because I think Byrne predates Wells, right? As far as. Publishing. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't speak with authority on that off the top of my head. I want to say HG Wells was more 1890s. 
uh, to more yeah, turn of the century. Because right. I think Wells even wrote stuff in the. I mean, definitely wrote in stuff the early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't even born until sixty six, eighteen sixty six. So, so, uh, so it, it's like we're comparing Bruce Springsteen to Woody Guthrie, basically. Yeah, right. yeah. Because uh, the time machine was eighteen ninety five, mm-hmm. so it's ten years in the future from this uh, story. So uh, that's probably why. That's probably all there is to it. Wow. What a, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel as if I'm vigorously fighting against this show, having any like discussion of merit, but I, I I feel like this week has been uh, like filled with protein. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's been, I think so. It's been a thick week. Yeah. Lots of subjects broached days ago. We were talking about John wick. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of different subjects. Yeah, that's what happens when you get John Ingle on the show. Yes. When you get the I, best. I like random. I like movie talk that goes in multiple directions. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you don't have uh, Mitch keeping keeping you on track on oh, this show. He would probably be worried. I mean, he he loves it when we get off track and start talking about other movies. Oh, okay. The idea of talking about just the one movie, I think, maybe drives him a little crazier than it does me. <laughs> but we love we love having those like um you know comparing alien or what will be you know aliens soon to other mm-hmm. movies like cuz mm-hmm. we're both just like classic movie fans and we know we love to talk about the influences that people have like talking about the main shot liberty balance uh for this movie or you know for alien there's so many different little things that are you know obviously big 2001 inf- is a big influence on alien and so on so it's really mm-hmm. always fun to like Divert. If you're talking about the same movie for 115 episodes, it's fun to divert into other movies for just a little while, at least. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm really jealous of those. There's those people that have movie have movie podcasts where they talk about anything they want. Sometimes I'm really jealous of those guys. Because that's uh, that that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, it does. But I really like the focus. It's interesting what happens when you do have a theme that you have to stick to. Mm Hmm. It's it's kind yeah. of like it's almost like having uh, you know it's like if you if you weren't if a filmmaker didn't have notes from the studio it would just be chaos I feel like that's kind of what this does for us discussion wise Oh yeah. I mean to me it, you know because I like to talk about this this writing process or the story editing process so much it really helps there because if you're going to talk oh, yeah. about one movie for an hour or an hour yep. and a half you're not going to really get into much about it but if you do every minute you know you can really dissect those little tiny tiny little choices that were made by the writer or director uh whoever and um stuff that kind of gets glossed over if you just talk about the movie in general or just talk about a scene even uh as a mm-hmm. whole piece so i enjoy it on that level for sure yeah absolutely um well thanks for joining us this week john yeah it's been a good me, week. i really enjoyed it yeah yeah absolutely uh and uh if uh, you haven't heard enough of us uh, go to our <laughs> Patreon at uh, at duelinggenre.com slash support, uh, where you will, if you become a Patreon supporter, you will gain access to our weekend edition, uh, Back to the Future Minute, No Roads edition, where Nick and I talk about all things Back to the Future related. And, uh, you know, go, go check that out and uh, help us out. Help us keep this show going. Uh, and all of the other shows at duelinggenre.com going. And you'll, I mean, you don't just get no roads. You get like everything that we put out on our Patreon. Yeah, I, it's a I, lot of stuff. I, I, I can objectively say that I, I, I firmly believe that our Patreon bundle is a pretty good bargain. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so go check it out. If, if And if you're interested, you know, throw us five bucks a month, then uh, we will be very grateful and uh, you'll get a lot of uh, extra content in the and, process. And it'll so. be responsible for a lot of really cool stuff happening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so go check that out. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with Minute 66. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.